Hello, and welcome to the sixth episode of the Joshua Young Podcast. Today, I have one of the most fantastic individuals I personally know, Scott Flam, on the show. Welcome, Scott. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. Cool. I'm glad you are. I'm really happy to have you on the show because as I was looking at trying to piece together people to have on the show, there's people that obviously come to mind that are captains of industries and running giant corporations that I can draw a lot of insight <laughs> from. And then there's people like you who I just feel like there's an incredible genuine connection to who you are as an individual that is personally inspiring for myself. And I would just want to kind of dive a little bit deeper into like the soul and the creation of who you are as an individual. Oh, well, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm glad to be sort of on a list with all those uh, all those big and important people. <laughs> Hopefully, I stack up well against them, but <laughs> yeah, I'll oh, offer you... what I can. <laughs> no doubt. Um, so, one of the things I'll kick it off with is uh, uh, your Instagram description. All right. Oh, what of it? <laughs> you know. Okay. So one. I of know the... of it. <laughs> you know of it. <laughs> One of the things that I think you uh, put on there is a big friend energy, which of course I've felt. We've, uh, oh, I've, yes. uh, <laughs> that BFE, <laughs> BFE. Uh, we've worked together when uh, you've helped me cater multiple events and have always increased the quality of uh, uh, people that I've had at the event. Whenever you've joined in, you've always raised kind of the energy of uh, affection and genuine connection that has been at an event. And so that's been incredible. Um, and we've also, uh, I also was able to go with you to your first out of state experience. Oh yeah, that was such a fantastic time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, I was really happy to be a part of all those catering events and all those, just all the like lovely people we always had together. Um, it was really a great experience to be a part of. And then going out of town, well, out of state even, to go and uh, check out Seattle was just such like a, a wonderful experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we went to Seattle because you won that regional AeroPress competition. Was that correct? Yeah, the regionals in Billings. And then um, the like prize for that was like a, like a trip to Seattle for the national competitions. We rounded up all of our friends there and kind of party bust down to Seattle. <laughs> yeah, we had, what, eight people in a single single vehicle that we took down there? Yeah, it was it was quite packed. <laughs> Half of those people are going to be on the podcast, which is fun. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> um, another thing that I think I want to unpack a little bit more during our time and this conversation is that uh, uh, diet femboy is what you put on your Instagram description. Oh right, yeah. Because well, I'm only I'm only like ten calories of femboy, so I think I think diet's like an apt description there. <laughs> well, I had to research this before we jumped on the call, but for those of uh, us who don't know, what does that mean for you? Um. So. I think, uh, well, to me, it means that I definitely still identify as uh, male. I use like he, him pronouns mostly, but I really like to express my gender in maybe a bit more of a feminine way. Yeah. I 
absolutely find that to be incredible. <laughs> kind of the, the self-expression that you have that isn't defined by traditional stereotypes. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun to like kind of play around with those norms a bit and just kind of like just lean into, you know, maybe maybe stuff that uh, isn't quite so stereotypical. <laughs> Where did when did this begin or start for you? Oh, okay. Um, well, I've always kind of enjoyed um, like fashion and stuff. And um, earlier in uh, 2020, I finally um, I finally went, went along with something that I've been wanting to do for quite a while. I wanted to uh, like try having my eyebrows shaped and then maybe use like a little makeup to fill them in. Um, my eyebrows are all right, but I think my natural brows could use a little bit of help. And so that was a lot of fun to try out. And then it was almost like that was like the gateway into so much more because then after like maybe a few weeks of filling in my eyebrows and having them plucked, I just got more comfortable, I think, with the idea of makeup. And it was like, well, if this worked really great to make my eyebrows look nice, like what else could I use this on, you know? <laughs> and the rabbit hole began. Oh yeah, it was it was a slippery slope. <laughs> uh, Eyebrow pencils are a gateway drug. <laughs> <laughs> what? How did you learn how to fill in your eyebrows? Uh, I learned from uh, a roommate of mine at the time. Um, I was rooming with a lot of women, and so I could really draw on them for like help with stuff. <laughs> Just like, hey, how do I use this product, or what do I do with this, and just any questions I had, I could just kind of pester them with. It's uh, amazing how females have been indoctrinated into the society in which makeup is just a, a standard from kind of like almost ages five to seven onward. And for a lot of oh, men, yeah. uh, it's just a completely black box. Like it is. Yeah. It's like almost taboo in a way. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, pencil eyebrows. Then what was next? Oh, what, where was did that next? slippery slope, where did it slope to? I think next I tried out, uh, like, eyeliner. Um, mm -hmm. Just kind of still stick into, like, the eyes. <laughs> I think eyeliner is something that I think I was just, like, more, like, it was just, like, more visible to me. Like, I, it was a makeup product that I knew about, you know, like it's <laughs> such like an obvious one that I think people have like have heard of it, but then all these other products that are like, maybe not, uh, so like, like obnoxious, <laughs> it's like, we're kind of like hiding in the back. So for me, like eyeliner was next. Cause it was just like, I don't know. I didn't really know a lot of makeup products. And so that was just one I tried. <laughs> That's and then fantastic. from there, just kind of like stumbling into other things, like, oh, well, this looks nice, and, uh, you know, maybe I'll try some little bit of eyeshadow here, or maybe some, like, foundation to just, like, clean up my complexion a bit, and just, like, just, just, like, little bits at a time. It was a lot of, like, trying out a product, and then using that for, like, a couple of weeks and feeling comfortable, and then being like, okay, like, what's, you know, just one more, and then one more, and it just kind of, like, <laughs> kind of snowballs. <laughs> Yeah, it's quite the adventure to dive into, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And I think 
it's like really helped with uh, just like my self image too. Um, it's just really cool to like the kind of like confidence it can bring when you just like feel like you're looking your best. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, I think it's funny that like for you it increases your self confidence, and yet for a lot of people they'd be scared to death to even attempt something like that. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> I definitely wouldn't have jumped right into the deep end at first. Um, <laughs> I think originally I was like, oh yeah, you know, if I just fill in my eyebrows a little, no one's gonna like notice really that I'm wearing makeup. And then it just like maybe once I got more comfortable with things, it seemed like oh maybe the next step isn't as like such a big jump anymore. <laughs> it just got me like more comfortable with it. Did anyone notice the first time you wore uh, your uh, eyebrows yeah. done? Really? Yeah, they did, actually. Well, I don't know if they noticed quite that I was wearing makeup, but they did notice that my eyebrows looked really nice that day. Like, I got a bunch of compliments <laughs> on it. And so I'm sure for people that knew me really well, you know, it was kind of obvious that they weren't my regular eyebrows, but <laughs> I'd like to imagine that maybe for others it wasn't so obvious. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, what what has been some of the reactions that you've gotten from friends and family as you've been uh, expressing yourself more in this just a very just free free way? Yeah. Um, well, it's all been like really positive. Um, I've not really received any like negative feedback yet, and maybe people are just keeping it to themselves or don't want to. <laughs> like start any confrontations or anything but yeah i'd say a lot of like a lot of my friends and family have just been really like supportive and like really excited too <laughs> at least a lot of like the like women that i know have just been like just excited about the idea of me trying it out and lending like uh like help or like um maybe like recommending different products that they like and are excited to have me try so i've been feeling like quite like welcomed <laughs> in that regard that's incredible i love to see the the company that you keep that's around you that uh, is encouraging of who you are as an individual oh me too yeah <laughs> it's been it's just been a joy that's awesome i'm curious what why do you think women are so on board with men wearing makeup because i've also seen that in my own life of just like that it seems to be a uh, for women to see like men in makeup, like the few females that I've gotten to talk with in it, like they've been very enamored almost with the the concept of men in makeup. Oh right, um, I can't really say too much to like what their experience is, um, especially as you know we're both men, and so yeah. it's kind of hard to really say what what exactly women are thinking, but. Um, I know from like myself, I think that I think makeup can just generally make people look like just a bit more attractive. And so I don't know if it's like anything intrinsic to it being a man wearing makeup, but just I think anyone wearing makeup, it just is kind of a little bit of like a like an upgrade almost. <laughs> I would agree. I know like my first time being in makeup was doing a photo shoot and for the it wasn't the homeless shelter excuse me it was the montana rescue mission 
and I was one of their models that was like putting on clothes and like going on and we did a big old like a promotional event through them and I felt incredible at the end of that <laughs> oh that's awesome like what kind of like makeup did you have on like full makeup like there was a guy who's probably oh, spent nice. like 30 minutes just like doctoring up my face oh whoa that's awesome <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, it can be like really like empowering to just like, I don't know, I'll like put on some makeup and then maybe throughout the day I'll maybe forget that I'm wearing it and I'll catch myself in a mirror and be like, oh, I is that what I look like? Like, <laughs> it's like so different from what my self image has been for pretty much all my life. You know, I have this idea of what I look like from just seeing my face all the time and then it'll just catch me off guard and it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that. <laughs> That's incredible. I think like even before, you know, 2020 of Scott Flamin makeup, uh, you've always been very expressive in your fashion choices in general. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I really try to like, just kind of follow my heart on that kind of stuff and just be really like whimsical about like my choices in fashion and how I present myself. It's really just it's a lot of fun to just play around and not really think too much about what's like expected of you or like what kind of like fashion is the norm. It's kind of fun to just like follow whatever it is that you want to do and just like try it out because really it's not, <laughs> it's not like, you know, it's not like anyone's going to like stop you from like, you know, if you want to like wear something, you know, that's a little ridiculous or, that's a bit out of the norm you know just just kind of doing whatever whatever you feel is right and following your heart i think is just really key mm -hmm. i think like no one really mentions bad fashion like very seldom are people that rude that they come up and like tell you if you're doing a fashion faux pas or if you look bad but oh, like yeah or at least not to your face <laughs> right maybe they say it behind my back but i'm not really worried about that then if i don't hear it <laughs> But the ability to, like, express yourself freely and, like, do something different seems to be very liberating even for other people. And that it's amazing how, like, someone else being fashionable or being very self-expressive brings that person joy. Oh, yeah, for sure. You mean, like, for, um, for like, an observer mm -hmm. or, like, someone, like, for a, th for a third person to see them can feel, like, like, uh, like inspired or empowered by that or yes exactly oh awesome yeah yeah i that is like really wonderful <laughs> it's so cool how you can like kind of influence those around you just with like just by like following your own heart you know it's not like you really have to go out and try extra hard to inspire people you can just kind of like do your own thing <laughs> um so curious what's probably one of the What's one of your most prized fashion possessions? Whether it's a jacket or a shoe or something. Most prized fashion possession. Ah, oh, man. That's a tough one. Oh, um, maybe I've got one. So I've got, uh, like a choker I'm wearing now, but, uh, not this one particularly. I have a different one that a friend um, handmade and it's so beautiful it's got this like nice black ribbon and it's got like a like a quartz on the end of it that she had like wrapped with wire herself and made like a pendant out of it and I just I just love that so much um, 
I think like friendship is really special to me and so it's just really lovely to have like a nice fashion item that was also like made with love from a friend and so I think that maybe would be my most prized fashion possession. <laughs> That's incredible. Touches my heart. Um, so if you enter into a store, wh one, where do you shop mostly? I'm curious about. And two, when you like go into those stores or whatever stores that you do go into, how it is, where does your mind go as you're trying to find items? Uh, almost always straight to the women's section, I will say. <laughs> um, you know, we just, I think for like the like society that we find ourselves in um men are just so limited in terms of fashion like women really do have like so much more in their whole like realm of fashion than men do and it's it's kind of a bummer really so i think it's really fun to just like not really like worry about like what's for women or what's for men but just like just go in and look at them all as like just different pieces of clothing and for whatever reason the women's section just has you know so much more like options really <laughs> and so yeah i i usually go like straight to the women's section unless i'm like looking for like pants or something like that that maybe just wouldn't be shaped quite right for me my body <laughs> i do have a, a pair of female pants that i absolutely love um they were put yeah. in the men's section at tj maxx but they're mm. these like they're as long so i'm six foot five and they fit me perfectly and they're uh bell bottoms big old like red bell bottoms and oh that's awesome oh, they're so fantastic i just like so when i go in and i shop uh i just like look at like i go in i see all of the pants and then i just like go straight downward and then just see which one is like the longest in those and that's how i find and that's how <laughs> just I look for the like, ones that like hit the floor <laughs> exactly i'm like these are incredible when i put these on i'm like these are fantastic they fit they're tight they're great and then i bring them home and my partner scotty she looks at him she's like those pockets those aren't men's pockets and then i'm like what and she's like yeah they're american eagle and i'm like oh I'm like what female could even fit into these <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome yeah it makes me wonder if maybe an employee had had put them there by mistake or maybe you know <laughs> how they even ended up in the men's section then obviously maybe an they angel. thought oh there's no way that yeah an angel has put it there <laughs> no that's awesome what a great find i hope i i hope i see him one day those sound so good yes <laughs> that's great uh maybe this is too personal so you can totally skip but uh okay does so like you went into the room like makeup and stuff do you have desires and you go into uh, females clothing any desires for like dresses and stuff like that to wear um yeah so that kind of ties in i think too to almost that slippery slope we were talking about before i think at the beginning um i kind of had these like ideas that were off the table um and maybe it was maybe it was maybe just sort of a sense of like protecting my masculinity or whatever it is some like Gosh, I don't know what where ideas like that came from, but um, I remember having thoughts of, like, maybe when I was first starting out with makeup, I would try things that were really, like, 
really subtle or maybe not super feminine or like could just pass off as just still being like a like a typical like uh face for men so like stuff like foundation or like filling in eyebrows you know nothing too extreme and i remember applying that sort of stuff and thinking like oh like yeah this is a bit more feminine but like you know at least i'm not you know wearing a dress or like at least i'm not wearing a skirt or something like that and i don't know why those thoughts crossed my head but then as i got more comfortable wearing more makeup it's like those things don't seem so ridiculous to me to wear anymore um and so actually yeah last uh last time i was at the store i was looking for quite a while in the dresses section um it just became much more comfortable of a notion to me so I think that... definitely definitely is on my radar of something I want to do. I did not quite find one I loved that much last time I was shopping, so I did not pick it any up. <laughs> I find that to be incredible. I <laughs> well, I recall you. yes. I recall like the first time that I was intrigued by that. Um I went to a restaurant in New York City called Mission Chinese and some of the most incredible food I've ever eaten. And the head chef there is Chinese gentleman, married what like beautiful model wife, uh, two incredible kids, and like he'll just wear a dress for Fashion Week because he wants to, and he'll wear it in the kitchen, and then he'll make this delicious food. And I'm like, I want to have that confidence. Like, there's no reason oh, that I yeah. can't do that. But I'm just like, I'm so just, I love your zeal for life, man. <laughs> oh yeah, that is so awesome. Yeah, when I see people like that, it's just so inspiring. They'll be like, just that confidence to just, you know, forget what is expected of them and just do what it, you know, do what makes them happy and and what they want. <laughs> to be able to just go out and be like, yeah, I'm just wearing a dress this week, or you know, it's, yeah, that's awesome. It's incredible. Um, I'm curious for you. Was there a time for yourself that you like started actually diving more into? uh self-expression or fashion i know for myself like it happened for me when i was probably about 17 and there was i literally didn't know how to dress very well at all and i went to one of my coworkers, it was david swally and i'm like hey can you take me shopping and he's like yes <laughs> and so he was like a very well-dressed put together man and so we went to all of these different stores and he's like you will say no 99 percent of the time and you'll say yes once mm. out of that entire thing and if you can do that then you'll actually find a style in which you personally like enjoy wearing mm. yeah i gotcha um so i think for me it was maybe around the sometime in high school I think I decided I wanted to be a little more conscious about like what clothes I'm wearing and um, just how I'm like presenting myself. And I think it just came after like a long time of just being generally like apathetic about uh, like style choices. Like it just wasn't something I really thought about. Um, I was raised very much with an idea of just, you know, of typical men's clothing and how, um, you know, there just isn't a lot of thought that goes into it. You know, you just put on a pair of jeans and a t-shirt and that's all. And you could just go out and go about your day. And I remember that I got just so incredibly bored of it. I, <laughs> I realized, you know, I had just worn jeans like every day for like, you know, a decade and a half or more. And just like, I was just so tired of it. It was like, why can't I just wear something different than this? You know, just a 
pair of blue jeans just got so boring to me. And actually, I kind of swore it off for a few years. There were a few years there where I just didn't even touch jeans at all. I would just get like maybe like khakis or chinos or something and just I just completely stayed away from jeans because I was just so sick and tired of them every day. I, I do wear jeans now, but <laughs> in moderation. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. <laughs> um, what what has uh, do you recall ever being like super young and finding ways that you were probably expressing yourself differently than your peers? Hmm. And I mean, that could be... I wouldn't say... Oh, go ahead. I mean, that could be taken from a fashion standpoint, or maybe even just from, like, a drawing standpoint, or, like, an artistic standpoint, that maybe you're doing things just a little bit different than, like, those around you. Uh, you know, I can't say that I do have any memories of that. Um, I don't know if I was really, like, too too different stylistically from uh, others when I was younger. Um, I think I kind of just kind of fell into a lot of norms for a long time. And it wasn't until much, uh, I think much later when I was, you know, starting to become more of my own person and more of an adult that I just really kind of developed my own tastes. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, confidence is one of those very difficult things to build. <laughs> Oh, for sure. I'm still not super confident, but I'm getting there. Yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun battle. Mm-hmm. For I sure. <laughs> I remember um, I was working at a kiosk, and I ended up reading a book called The Charisma Myth, and it was the first concept that I ever had that, like, oh, you can actually build on charisma. Like, you don't have to be, I like, for me, I didn't have to be, like, this awkward, stumbling individual that I thought I was. And it's just like, hey, if you just act differently, like, you'll get different results from people, and you'll probably like it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, to that, I heard something recently uh, that maybe it's something that's kind of talked about a lot, or maybe I kind of knew it already, but there's that idea of, like, acting differently on purpose even though it's not what you feel and then sort of that feeling follows that sort of kind of fake it till you make it idea um it was applied a little bit more generally uh i was hearing like an interview on the radio i didn't even know who it was from unfortunately i think i started the program like part way through but i remember hearing something about how if you're going to make like a change to yourself it's so hard to start that internally and that's something i try to do a lot where i think oh i just gotta think about things differently and i just gotta like start that change from within and then have it you know bleed out but on this uh radio show he was talking about how um it's so much easier to make the change externally and just change your behavior and then have that internal thought pattern just follow that and so i really i really do see what you're saying about um just with like charisma and like trying to talk to people more just making changes in your behavior and your actions and just choosing to act differently even if it's not really quite what you identify with but if you do it long enough your your like internal thought process will kind of like follow suit i think yes i would totally agree um 
one of the privileges I've gotten to be able to do over the last few months is uh, homeschool my sister-in-law. She's 16 years old. And one of the ways that we tried to build up her confidence was we took her to the mall, the local mall here in town, and had her do a crane pose, which is like you're standing on one foot and your like hands are up in the air like this in the oh, middle like of the mall. Yeah. Martial arts move. Exactly. Yeah. Like you're about ready to do this like giant kick. We had her do that like in the middle of the mall on top of a bench. And we had oh, her wow. just hold that for two minutes and she's like well, she had no idea what we were even going to the mall for she brought her purse and she's like all right well in case oh, i need no. to buy something and i'm like no this is what you're doing <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course like nothing bad happened but if i told her like just be more confident that probably wouldn't have actually produced any results but to have her mm-hmm. do the action and then follow that through to be like oh i guess i am confident because i just did that yeah i think that's so powerful ah oh, that's that's such like a lucky experience to have. I'm kind of jealous that maybe you weren't coaching me when I was 16. <laughs> I probably could have. Uh, I probably could have benefited from doing crane poses in the mall. I would say. You still can, man. <laughs> you still can. And that's like a fair point. <laughs> yeah, I had a moment of, um, like teaching myself confidence in a way when I was younger. I think it was maybe around the time I was like 17 or 18. Uh, I remember making a choice to try and get better at just having conversations and being comfortable talking with people that I didn't quite know um, and just have that confidence to not be afraid to initiate conversations with people. And uh, one way I did that was by going to, I would go to like coffee shops. And if I saw someone um, sitting alone, I wouldn't always do this, um, but if they seemed like maybe they would be receptive to, you know, if someone has like headphones in and they're turned away and obviously don't want to talk to someone, but if they seemed like they, maybe their body posture was maybe a bit more receptive, I would come up and uh, ask if I could sit with them. And I would just sit with like totally random strangers that I did not know at all. And then I would have some coffee and I'd strike up a conversation with them. And it was so terrifying, but I felt like, I feel like it just really boosted my confidence a lot after a while to just get comfortable with, you know, just going up to someone I don't know at all and, you know, saying, hi, I'm Scott. And, you know, what's your name and where are you from? And just getting to know people. And it was <laughs> it was terrifying, but it was a great experience, I will say. <laughs> That's incredible. Did you become slightly addicted to that? that I like, kind of did. It was, it was so fun. Yeah, there definitely was a rush of, like, having that sort of like fear initially when you see someone and not knowing like how the interaction is going to play out if they're going to say oh no go away i don't want to talk to anyone or um which did happen sometimes and it was hard to like not take it personally but (laughs) other times and a lot of times it seemed like most of the time um people were really receptive and so it definitely was a rush to go in with that like fear of I guess rejection at that point when you're like trying to initiate a conversation with someone you don't know and then just getting like overcoming that and then just having such a positive experience afterwards it was definitely like a a really high high of just like (laughs) emotions i love it i think uh i personally i've experienced something similar where now approaching people is like uh there's a lot of anxiety but there's also this like incredible um reward that can come from 
being able to do a good approach and being able to open conversation and like get someone to be comfortable with you. And I was always jealous of people who could do that naturally. And then I actually started becoming less jealous because I'm like, oh, you probably don't get this same reward as in like, oh man, I did that. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, from like an outside perspective, if you're not at that point, um, with like social skills it can definitely seem very like scary to like build that up or you, that jealousy can definitely come in of being like oh some people are just naturals at this and some people can just strike up a conversation with anyone and i think i think secretly a lot of those people it doesn't actually come naturally um <laughs> it seems like you know if you can just force yourself to do that intentionally a few times you almost become a natural at that point sort of that same idea of you know your your inner self following your outward actions in a way <laughs> yes yes oh man uh mel robbins uh has got this fantastic deal called the five second rule and it's all about like hmm. if you think of something you have about five seconds to actually act on that otherwise your inner monologue will actually start telling you all of the reasons why you shouldn't do it so. Oh, gotcha. So you have like a five-second window of optimism. Mm -hmm, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, if you kind of wait longer than that, then you'll probably, you're much less likely to actually go do the approach. But if you're like, I should go approach them, and then you're like, all right, next like foot in front of the next foot, and just start going, like, you'll probably get there. Where if you're like, no, let's <laughs> think about this, less likely to happen. Yeah, you got to like kind of do it before you can talk yourself out of it. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. I'll have to, I'll have to maybe borrow that sometimes. <laughs> it also works very well with getting up and um, up up out of your bed in the morning. If your alarm clock goes off, pretty much have like five seconds to get up before your body's like, ah, we can we can snooze. Oh yeah, that's that's some good advice. Then I didn't think about how that could apply there too, but I'm definitely in the camp of when I wake up, I'll I'll shut off my alarm. And I'll think about it way too much. And I'll just think, oh, I could totally, you know, I would have the willpower to just get up in a little bit, but I can I can lie down here for a while longer. And it never it never works out the way I think it will. <laughs> so I think you may be onto something there about just, just getting out immediately. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, or just know, like, I can wait, like, two seconds. Then that's, <laughs> that's all the time yeah. you really got. <laughs> yeah, for sure. If you wait, like... You know, a few seconds, it might turn into a few minutes, and then it might turn into 15, and it can really, you can really dig yourself into a hole. Yeah, I've even good. gotten, I got myself a second identical alarm clock to the one that I have, and I placed it on the other side of my room so that I would, like, force myself to get out of bed, but I found that that is not even really working because I think it really is more of a psychological choice. I've gotten to the point now where I'll like sleepily get out of my bed and then walk over and shut off the alarm. And then I can just all in that same haze walk all the way back and get back in bed. And it's just, it's no different than if I had just turned off the alarm next to me. It's <laughs> Is the solution like multiple alarm clocks throughout like your morning routine? Like one in the bathroom yeah, and then maybe. like one in the kitchen <laughs> oh. and like you have to like do a little maze of hitting them off. That's a great idea. Yeah, like maybe maybe time it so once I get the one in my bedroom, 
at that point, then maybe the one in the bathroom goes off and I can get to there and like brush my teeth. And then at that point, maybe the kitchen one goes off and I can go make breakfast or <laughs> where it actually a becomes... solution. I might take that one. Yeah, that would be great. Where it actually becomes more energy to like continue to go back to bed and then like get up and turn it off and then go back to bed and then go up and turn it off. Oh yeah, just like a like a trail of breadcrumbs where I just <laughs> just leads me out further and further. <laughs> I like that idea. My roommate might have some like objections, but <laughs> do they suffer from the same Definitely thing? Does seem like. Oh no, I think they just might object to that many alarms in our apartment. yeah probably (laughs) well that is a good idea though yeah Uh, I love our first (laughs) part of the the podcast which I call the meets like the reason to have you on here talking about fashion and self-expression and just like the the advantages that come from building confidence in that way but now I transition into something that I call the sweets of the podcast which is just like a little bit more fun yeah it's a a game of overrated and underrated i'm curious from your opinion your perspective what of these subjects do you find to be overrated and underrated you can give as much description as you would like okay awesome i'm ready all right first one uh harry styles the solo artist who originally started his career in one direction yeah um Actually, your description you just gave me might be more information than I had previously. I He's on my radar, but I actually don't know a whole lot about him. I had, I had gathered he was like a musician, and he sometimes, he sometimes dresses more effeminately, if I remember right. Is that correct? Or am I thinking of someone else? No, no. That's why I put him on this, like, viewer okay. version of Overrated, Underrated. He was uh, on the cover of Vogue magazine in a dress. <laughs> Oh, right. Yeah, I think I might have seen those photos. They were pretty good. He looks nice. I don't know a whole lot about him, unfortunately. I kind of maybe live under a rock, but... (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. He seems cool to me. I don't know quite how he's rated by others, so I don't know if I can assess over or under on that one, but... He's got a he's got a thumbs up from me. (laughs) All right. I like that. Not over or under, just thumbs up. I would rate him... I would rate him positively. I don't know if... (laughs) Other people are rating him too much or too little, but... <laughs> That's great. All right, next. Uh, H&M, the clothing store. It's the Swedish Swedish fast fashion store that boasts uh, uh, full fashion for men's, women's, teens, and children. Pretty much anyone except for old people. <laughs> um, yeah, so H&M, um, we, we got one here in town a few years back. And it was really exciting to have, like, a new clothing store or something, like, a little more hip. Um, however, after, like, a little while, I became maybe a little disenchanted with H&M. So maybe maybe I'll say overrated on that one. <laughs> Perfect. I noticed, uh, um, at least my experience with it, was that uh, a lot of the stuff was pretty, like, nicely priced, but... It seemed to oftentimes turn, uh, like, come down to just being not so nice of quality in my experience. I remember one particular year where it seemed like every like pair of pants that I had gotten from them just like ripped up after like maybe like four or five months. It was just such like a high turnover, and maybe they just had like bad fabrics at the time or something, but. 
Yeah, I don't know if I could really endorse them too much for men's clothes. Yeah, I think that's why it's fast fashion. It's because it doesn't last long enough to be long fashion. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I will say, um, as far as clothing stores go, I think Target is a little bit underrated. Ooh. I I love shopping at Target, honestly. And it seems like maybe an odd choice for like fashion store because, you know, they just sell like everything there. But I, I really do like their styles and I feel like they make some like really nice quality garments. So I would say H&M overrated, but Target underrated. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. Sour gummy worms, the gluten free candy. Oh, yeah. So sour gummy worms, they are tasty. I'll give them that. I think they do not compare to the sour octopuses, of course. <laughs> so maybe that's another one of of sour gummy worms overrated, sour octopuses underrated. Perfect. I'm sure you I already know this, but oct- octopuses are just the best animal, and there's God. not really any argument there, so... It's very difficult <laughs> to argue it. What's your favorite thing about octopuses? Because there's so many. There's so many oh, great things. Oh, there are things. so many lovely things. Um, maybe I would say my favorite thing about them is that they have three hearts to just... They can just love people so much more. So <laughs> most animals only have one. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, cool. Next is the meme Bernie in Mittens. So this is a meme that went viral when he sat for the U.S. He's the U.S. Senator of Vermont, and he uh, was seated during the inauguration of Joe Biden wearing distinctive recycled mittens that was given to him by a former grade school teacher. Yes, I saw that, and I, I loved it. That was so good. He looks so adorable. I think it's hard to like overrate that one. <laughs> if that one, I would say on Bernie wearing mittens, um, yeah, I think I think it just deserved all the like attention it got. <laughs> I would say accurately rated on that one. People seem Perfect. to rate it very highly, and I would agree. <laughs> well done. All right, we got a few more minutes, so I want to take you through uh, one of my favorite games. All right. Ooh, yeah, let's okay. do it. Okay, it's a, a, a pseudoscience, of course, of uh, mm. uh, four different questions. I'll ask you the questions, and I'll kind of interpret what those could mean for you uh, Ooh, in the future. Okay. All right, first question. What is your favorite animal? Oh, I kind of already answered this one a little bit, but octopus is for sure. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, what is your second favorite animal? Second favorite animal. Ooh, I think I would go with. Oh, this is a tough one. I do like sea creatures a lot, so maybe I'll go with, like sea slugs. Ooh. There are just so many like different types, and they're so colorful and adorable. Yeah, definitely sea slugs for a second. Yeah, this is fantastic. All right, second. When you think of the ocean, what emotion comes to mind? Ah. I think like maybe an emotion of wonder. I've actually never been to the ocean myself. And so I just, I just really want to go so bad and I just, I dream about it and it's just so, so beautiful. 
Did we not take you to the ocean when we went to Seattle? Yeah, I don't know if I really count the sound okay. as an ocean, you know. It's kind of closed off, and I'd, I want to go to a beach. Like, I want to okay. go to the coast and just look out and see, like, nothing but water forever. <laughs> I love it. All right, fourth. When you think of darkness, what is the first emotion that comes to mind? Mm. I think of, like, like ni- nice and, like, calm, relaxing vibes when I think of mm-hmm. darkness. <laughs> It's just really nice to just, like, enjoy a nice, like, quiet, like, dark space and just have that, like, tranquility. (laughs) This is fantastic. Your answers are perfect. So the interpretation. (laughs) Yeah. The interpretation of them. The first one is uh, (laughs) a favorite animal is how you view yourself. Oh, cool. Uh, Second favorite animal is how you may view a long-term partner mm. so what what do these reveal about that i well, view myself as an octopus and i view my partners as sea slugs what does this mean josh what does it mean well you said that <laughs> uh you love octopuses because you know three hearts lots of time like lots of <sighs> ability to love other people i have you on this podcast literally just based off of the love that you've provided me in my life so <laughs> Mm, that does sound like that's a pretty accurate uh, assessment then. Mm-hmm. Uh, then with the, like how you view long-term partner, you said that like there's a large variety of sea slugs that are extremely colorful and vibrant, mm. and uh, there's a potential <laughs> that maybe that's say? how you see long-term partners. <laughs> Just lots of variety? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't or know maybe there's a lot of myself. options. <laughs> Yeah, hey, this is know. pseudoscience. Maybe this is all bullshit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, the third, how you view the ocean. And you said wonderment. Is that correct? Mm, yeah, I see it with a lot of wonder. Okay. Uh, it's how you might view love. Aw, that's so sweet. Mm-hmm. And for darkness, the last question you said was uh, tranquility. Is that correct? Yeah, we'll go with that. Okay. Um, is how you may view death. Ooh, I don't know if I, that one lines up so well with me. <laughs> so we might have been uh, hitting 50% on this questionnaire. Yeah, well, it seemed like all of them were pretty accurate up to the last one. <laughs> I do find darkness to be quite tranquil, but oh, I I still have very much a fear of death. <laughs> I don't see very much tranquility in that. Well, were you ever scared of the dark? Um, you know, when I was a kid, I definitely was. And I feel like I've kind of grown out of it. I was actually just having a conversation about this the other day, though. I think if I get in the right mindset, I could be afraid of the dark. Like, if if I really start to think about what might be in the dark, or what might be hiding, then maybe some fear takes over. <laughs> That's great. Well, maybe, maybe you'll... Uh, overcome your fear of death similar to how you overcame your fear of darkness <laughs> mm, to to be seen <laughs> yeah all right so the way i like to end this podcast is you get to ask me one final question oh uh i <laughs> don't, don't have know. to um oh pass. i get to i don't have to you get to yeah mm. maybe i have to think this sounds like this seems like such an important opportunity what do I want to know about Josh? 
maybe I kind of want to tie back to like the self-expression stuff. Um, maybe I would like to ask you, do you have any, do you foresee in your future at all? Um, any interest in like more feminine fashion? A hundred percent. Yep. Oh, awesome. Do you want to like expand upon that or? Yeah. Um, what interests you? Sure. So dresses for sure. I think that's Mm. super interesting. Um, I about, I'd say like three months ago, like Harry Styles came out with that photo shoot and my partner, Scotty was just like swoon over him. And I'm like, Oh, interesting. (laughs) I'm like, you haven't reacted (laughs) to this in a while. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Very much so. And so we started discussing that and she was like very on board with it. And I'm like, okay. And I I had all these like reserve emotions on like for myself Mm. personally, not for anyone individually. Like I was very, proud and actually jealous of people who could or men who were able to just like express themselves in that way and i'm like okay if there's this like giant gap between uh who i am and like what i would like to have the confidence to do i should start working on that so yeah uh i'll say it live on the podcast i definitely anticipate to do like a photo shoot you know later on in the fall of just like an entire array of different articles of clothing and makeup. Oh, and such. that would be so awesome! I'm I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, Scott, absolute pleasure having you on this podcast. If other people have been entranced by you and would like to chit chat more with you, where could they find you? Um, they could probably find me on Instagram for now. I'm not sure how long, um, like social media platforms <laughs> have like uh like a lifetime on so i don't know about the future but yeah i feel like um on instagram at oh i just changed my instagram handle actually for a long time it was scott flammable and now it's boypink.pdf so if they can find me there or um you know just around (laughs) i'm all over the place (laughs) i love it uh any explanation on uh boypink.pdf which is a fantastic handle. Mm, I don't know. I have no idea. It just came to me in a dream, I guess. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, Scott, absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure to be here. <laughs>